Hey there, leader. Today, today on Security Hunts, we're going to back that up. We're going to do that one more time. I forgot what the name of our podcast was. Sorry. Okay. Go. Hey there, leader. Today, today in Security on Tap, we're going to be talking about risk management. What are the positives? What are the perils? And what is the practical application? So, Randy, as we always do, get started here, do a little framing up. Risk management is a lovely thing that can cover so many sins that uh, that I think it's important we would talk about what we're talking about here in terms of cybersecurity risk management is what these prof- we professionals do as a service to the organization. Hmm. There is risk out there and them their hills and the high cyber seas. God, I hate myself for saying that. And we're there to manage it. We're yeah. there to look out and say, hey, you know, there, we see a sale on the horizon and that might be bad. We should turn to port or, you know, put up a firewall or do whatever we need to do. And how you represent that risk mm. is important in how your cyber, how successful your cybersecurity program will be. We're there to articulate the risk. And then we manage the risk and we present the risk to the business to make a decision because all business is based on risk. So in that, I agree 100%. Who owns the risk? The business. Yes. Does this chief information security officer or anybody under him own the risk? No. Okay. And that's, that's excellent. Excellent. You passed. You can stay is, on the podcast. But that is problematic to so many security people because Jim... They got to fix it. Yeah. But, but dear, dear leader, no, they don't. Well, you know, it's, there's an interesting peril, uh, interesting parallel here with SolarWinds, which we talked about in a podcast a couple, a couple episodes ago. It was the last episode. It's a great episode. It was the episode before last. Yes. It was the penultimate episode. Penul- yeah, penultimate. Sorry. Excellent yeah. use of the word. Yeah. So proud of you. <laughs> Almost like you had a liberal arts education. <laughs> Um, Liberal arts, baby. But, you know, the solar the solar one CISO, um, Mr. Brown, you know, and this is from the cheap seat, so I'm just saying what I've read, not necessarily what is truth. There was well-known risk inside of the organization that may or may not have been articulated properly. Yeah. Which then resulted in catastrophe for the, for not just for the organization and, and many of their customers, but more explicitly f- to the CISO himself. Yeah. The failure to articulate that risk and use it to influence the organization may cost him dearly. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I'm reminded of a dear friend of ours, uh, Mr. McElprang, who used the following, the following quote. And this is his quote. It's not my quote. He said to me, he said, Randy, he said, if the business wants to get a full head of steam running down dumbass alley... <laughs> He said, all we're to do is to wait for them at the end of the alley. And before they take off, we say, wear your seatbelt. Here's your helmet. I'll see you at the end. Because if you don't do that, they will run you over and still do it. And you won't be there at the end to help them. And a full head of steam down dumbass alley. That's an amazing expression. Because all business is based on risk. And the problem with security professionals that I see most, most often Jim, they got to fix it. No, they do not have no, they to do fix not. it. They don't have to do anything. That's right. And and dear leader, it is it is it is important for you to know what stage of business 
is the company you work for in. Are they, are they in a growth mode? Are they in get ready to go public mode? Are they going to be first to market mode? What are they trying to do? Because a company trying to be first to market is going to say, stop patching, develop the next feature. Right. We need to get these folks to buy us. You know, you're looking at that. You look at it, you say, are you a transactional organization or are you transformational? Transformational organizations will accept a lot more risk than a transactional. For instance, yeah. if you work at a utility, if you work in an electric company, your risk appetite and your risk willingness is or tolerance is a lot lower. Very low. Than a company's going, let's go bet the farm that you know right. people will buy iPods. I totally agree. Totally agree. One of the best things I've seen done is developing a, a, a risk heat map where you take the risks that you've accepted, you take the one that exists, then you find a way to map that. Somebody because, on my team, Diane Rose, does a really good job at that. I wonder where she, she got that idea. She she does do a wonderful <laughs> job with that. And that is something that, as it was developed over several years, is something any company can do because you have risks you accept. I'll, I'll tell you, my, like my present company, out of, I don't know, the hundreds of risks that we've identified, has accepted one. Yeah. And they are a really <laughs> risk-averse organization, exactly. rightfully right. so, because there's a lot of potential impact that they're not willing to to entertain. Right. right? And, and and it's, you know, again, it's it's a market share protection position. Like, oh, there's lots of things there that's driving the behavior of the business. So there, but there's a leadership aspect to that, an influence aspect to that, which is the experience of your organization, the experience of your organization have educated the leadership to be risk adverse. Yeah. If you're a leader in an organization that has not had that slap in the face education, mm. the jump fish in the face yeah. education, it becomes a very different conversation yeah. because the role of the CISO in your organization just goes, that looks bad. And it becomes a priority. Yeah. I, I had this text conversation with a friend of mine. Um, we'll call him because as usual, that's his name. Um, but I, we were describing, and I said, the difference between a CISO and a CIO is that the CIO is the water department. The CISO is the fire department. They're both in the same business of moving water about the about the city, just for totally different reasons. Different outcomes. Yeah. And that CIO is all about delivery. He's trying to deliver the business objectives, right? Yeah. And the CISO's going, my God, there's something bad happening. We have to do something bad that could happen. We need smoke detectors. We need you know, sprinklers and we need hydrants and all this other stuff. The value proposition of that risk management is a very delicate thing. It is. If you cry too much, you're chicken little. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the sky is falling. It never falls. I mean, I've, I've worked in companies where they'd say, we've never been hacked before. Why should we worry now? Yeah. Right. And as a cybersecurity professional, your eyes pop open. You go, are you kidding? Right. And then there's been organizations like yours that go, we handle it just fine. Why? What are you all, what are you all fired up about? So yeah. the, you've got to find that sweet spot. And I'll shut up here in a second. Please don't. And it is not a stoplight. It is not a rag report or our, our red, yellow, green report. And I and I like to say this because- Amber. Yeah. Red, <laughs> yellow, green. Sorry. Amber. It's a yag. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I know. But yellow is what we learned. It's a yellow light. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, But, you know- if you go to your executives or your board of directors and you say, we're green, well, then you're ignorant. And if you're red, you're clearly incompetent. Yeah, you're, you're, uh, you're a chicken little. Well, and so this, you live this there case... in that wide, so I'm a, I'm a high yellow or 
high amber, sorry, <laughs> high amber or a low amber, right? It's terrible. Well, understanding the business. The business wants to know, do you, CISO, do you, senior cyber person, do you understand the business? Up. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Oh, you're going somewhere else. Do you understand the business? Because here's the other thing, depending upon the business you're in, the business stage that you're in, again, trying to be first to market, trying to get, uh, you know, go public, whatever it is. But then also what season of the business are you in? Because all business is seasonal. As an example, if the CIO has had a really crummy availability for the past three months and needs this next month, to run clean Guess in order to hit his metric. Exactly. So what <laughs> are you going to do? You're going to be like, only criticals. Highs can wait. Like there is a decision there that you need to make as a leader to say, when am I going to push and when am I going to let off? And right. you got to know when to push and when to back up. And do you think that's as, well, two things. One is that I wanted to make a quick quote. I don't want to buy anything processed or sold. I don't want to sell anything bought or processed. I don't want to process anything bought or sold. Um, anybody who can tell me that quote of business, <laughs> what? go ahead and put it on our LinkedIn. Okay. Yeah. It's a great, great, great movie. But um, but the other part of that is that I there is that sweet spot in your organization on to know when. Yeah. I don't think there's any formula. And maybe there is. Jack Jones, um, you know, from his fair methodology would probably argue with me. But somebody who has the ability to implement fair methodology isn't struggling with that. You know, their company's mature, they do mature things, and this is just a way to identify it. You know, if you're a CISO or a cybersecurity professional in a, in a small to medium company, you got to stick your thumb in the air to some degree and go, this feels wrong. Or here's yeah. what I need to, I need to put a reasonable amount of control in, but back off. There are moments you need to save your political capital for the battles that really matter to know which ones are worth are worth your uh, name on the line, your badge on the line, to know which ones to go after. So if you're in a medium or small organization, that they, they can't fix everything. They've got a very limited budget. You've got to know, okay, we've got a lot of problems, but which one is the one, if you can only fix one, which yep. one is it? I mean, and we've talked about that. I've got a, a thousand pounds to move and I have 200 calories of energy available to do it. I think the most important thing you need to do is you need to have the conversation in public or with witnesses, right? Well, Senior hopefully witnesses. with your risk management committee, do you have one? And say to them, this is risky. And I get that you need to do this. If you agree to criticals only, I don't like it, but that's better than nothing. Well, and you're taking a risk. Please be careful. You have I'll to see have, you at the end. <laughs> that's right. I'll see you at the end of the alley. You have put your mouthpiece in. You have to have <laughs> you have to have executive sponsorship for a risk management program. You know what though? That executive sponsorship of a risk management program is so often a nod. It is uninvolved, right? Because it's boring until Different, it goes bad. I agree, but the sponsorship is this. You have the risk management committee, and I've been on a lot of them. It's very different when the CEO or the COO is there. And not only is there, ask questions. Yeah. So it, if you can script, another great thing I can tell you, 
is script your CTO, script your COO, script your CEO. Hey, sir, ma'am, if you could ask this question, or when we talk about this risk, if you could bring this up, it would greatly help. Yeah. With and then you can go back engagement. to ignoring the meeting. Right, right. But I mean, that's helpful for them. It is. I, I Hopefully do you don't have to do that. But. I mean, in one organization, they start tried to set up a enterprise risk management committee, and it was becoming fairly mature is the wrong word, but they were starting very mature. And the CEO and a couple of the senior executives had a fundamental difference with it and said, every person, every leader in this organization, vice president up, senior director up, whatever, is a risk manager. I don't need to know every, we don't need to track every single risk. No. That's literally what they're paid to do. So find me the ones that are, you know, in that sweet spot that they may not get attention or more importantly, you may have somebody within your organization accepting risk beyond their responsibility. And that's the one that gets me. That's the one that'll, that'll hurt you too. I tell you a great story. And it was at a previous organization where I said, that's a lot of risk. You know, we're going to, we're going to need somebody to accept that risk and I can't do it. And so the guy looked me dead in the eye, deadpan goes, I accept. And I was like, again, this is not Michael Scott in the office declaring yeah. the bankruptcy. I declare, I declare risk acceptance. Right. <laughs> yeah. I said, no, no, no. You've got too much invested. You're like the CIO. You're delivery focused, not risk focused. Yeah. We need somebody who understands the needs of the business. I need somebody higher than you to say it's okay. I'm okay if it's okay, but it's not you. Well, and you can't document everything. Then you're going to have risk fatigue. And no one will pay attention. Yes. There is a real danger there is. of over-documenting and providing risk. People just, it becomes a, it gets ridiculed. And it right. can't, it's got to be important. And the minute you document a risk that doesn't matter next to the one that really does, you're taking More away from wah. the one that really does. Right. You only have so many bullets in your gun. You only need to document the stuff that really matters. And again, that's part of, we, our, our job is to articulate the risk, manage the risk, and then govern the risk. Govern yeah. not from a governance perspective, because that's the business responsibility. But influence it. Well, yeah, and, and we are governed. A governor is like a governor on an engine. We had governors in, in the military, right? It only lets you go so fast. Like when we were in convoys you can those. in Germany, you could only go 55 miles an hour. Catch-up speed was 65 miles an hour because that's what the governor was set to. You couldn't go faster than 65. So of course everybody went sixty-five, but no, you <laughs> you we went. You're supposed to go fifty-five, and catch-up speed was sixty-five. And again, that's the thing. You know what your govern is for your risks. How do we? And I got this question from uh, one of our infrastructure leaders. Um, how do you, when you have, you see an organization accepting risk and pushing back, like we need you to patch or? You're, you're now, you know, this is your third month you're behind. How do you wield the influence to get them on board? So let me ask clarity on that. So the infrastructure organization is saying security is telling us to patch, but the business is saying run business faster. Business is saying no. And infrastructure finding itself in the middle. Well, if I'm infrastructure, my check is signed by the business. I'm going to do what the business I'm going to deliver the water. That's right. And if, Jim, I want to do what you're saying, you know what? You should document this as a risk and bring it up in the risk management committee 
that's sponsored by my boss and your boss, the CTO and the CSO, right? That's what I would say if I cared about our relationship, right? I cared about doing the right thing. I agree. And I think there's also the side, there's a people aspect to to it as well, which is you go as, doesn't matter if you're a senior manager all the way to the SVP of security, you need to get your ass over to the business and go talk to them. Yeah. I have seen, and I've been guilty of this that as well, standing on your Temple Mount or whatever and, and say, no, show not pass. Yes, and mixing yes. up I speak many. for the trees. Right. That's right. <laughs> you become the Lorax, right? Yeah. You just lift your ass in the air yeah. and disappear. All you had to do is walk down to the business leader and go, this seems bad. I remember my early relationship with Barry Vandeveer was kind of formal. He's our old COO. Yeah. And I remember taking him a risk and going, Barry, we got a risk and it's it's kind of bad, but you're the guy who's going to accept it. We're going to give data to this vendor and they don't encrypt. He's like, well, we're not doing that. Why would you even bring this to me? I'm like, because the business feels pressure to deliver. They say, oh, I'll go talk to so-and-so, right? And right. poof. Yeah. Now we still did it, but we stripped out the PII and all right. the sensitive information. Right. We made it go. Something they said, by the way, you know, would be very difficult to do. And it was, but we still did it. Right. But with his influence, yes. you were able to do it. Right. Exactly right. Another great meeting with your your predecessor. Actually, I was in a meeting with him and Barry Vanderbeer. We were sitting there and uh, we yeah, brought Barry's up, getting a lot of love Yeah. Here. Yeah. Lack of D, a DR environment. I think it was Guam or somewhere obscure. Right. But wow. anyway, I remember, I can't remember what it was. Anyway, Barry calls the, the business CEO up and says, hey, you realize like if this goes down, it's all hands on deck to fix it. Right. Yeah, yeah, I got it, was the scratchy reply. Hangs up and says, risk accepted. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? It was next. But I remember taking that back down to our DRBCP people, and they about had a fit. But it's, it's like, no, It's no. not your business. Exactly. It's not your risk to accept. It's uh, While I know you're supposed you to be You are a conduit. That's right. You're supposed to be passionate about that. But at the end of the day, when the business says, we're going to do it anyway. Yeah, they give you the Jedi mind trick. Exactly. You go, I accept You go the on risk. because the alternative is a squeaky wheel until they get out the screwdriver, remove the wheel, and put another one in that doesn't squeak so loud. Yeah. Yeah. Um, taking a brief interlude here, we are as security on tap. We're yes. back Jonathan's. at Jonathan's Grill out here. Where are we? Bellevue. Bell something. Bellevue. 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 Yes. Yeah. There's a bell in it. If it's somewhere. outside of Germantown, he has no yeah. idea what it is. I, li- I, I don't live there anymore. <laughs> You've been to my house. It is a lovely house. He doesn't keep the back side door locked. So just if you ever <laughs> just come check, on that's in, right. <laughs> you wear my bed sheet like a diaper. It's great. Very specific. I speak for the trees. <laughs> Boy, never mind. Another Lorax reference. You know, um, I guess the final thing is, is there are a couple of things, and I've run into this, and I'd love to hear your take on it. The legal team saying, don't document our risks. Yeah. It's discoverable. Yeah. yeah. And, and Jay Exum, I'm talking to you, buddy. <laughs> yeah. When when you get told to stop writing it down, that's a big red flag. It's a big red flag. Um, it, it's, it, it is and it isn't. I, and I'll, and I, you tell me why you think it's a big red flag yeah. and then I'll tell you why I think it might not be at the same time. Well, so, so legal doesn't want to talk about it because it's discoverable, right? Everything's plausible deniability from a legal perspective. Did it happen? Did it? It didn't happen. Who knew about it? Who didn't? How did you officially know? Did he really say it that way? 
right? It's but once it's written down, it's really hard to navigate over the written word. Yeah, much more difficult than the than something being said. So that's why you said it. You hit the nail on the head. Go have a conversation. Have a conversation first about the risk. Yep. Before you document it, go have a conversation and make sure, it, as much as you can, that you have collusion and agreement. Collusion makes gonna, it sound so sinister. No, but we're <laughs> going to agree to document this risk. Like when I when I say, Jim, I want a patch. I'm the infrastructure leader, right? I want a patch. I can't. The business is telling me to go faster. But if you document it, I will speak to the risk that's going into the risk management log right. about what needs to be done. And then maybe they'll give me the $300,000 I need to hire the three contractors offshore yeah, to, to patch fix it your up. stuff. Get it all patched yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. You know, the, there is the constant struggle of, I mean, you want as many of the ca uh, calories of energy that an organization has yeah. put towards making widgets, put towards making money, right? Yeah, and so I get why, you know, I use this story. Years ago, we we introduced security awareness training, and I was in the mortgage business. I remember the head of our retail mortgage arm, Nation, Nation Point. Nation Point. Nation yeah. Point. Yeah. And he doesn't right, exist anymore, by the way. He, yeah. he rightfully said to me, Jim, every hour that I have people on the phones means money. And every minute. I don't have them on the phones. I'm losing money. Yeah. So I've already got this much training required by the state, this much by federal. And now you're coming to me for another two hours. Which is $17.50 per person. Like he could probably tell you. Yeah. Exactly I mean, he knew what the was. average, you know, right. not just how much he's paying for them, but the business opportunity loss. Yeah. Right. Like, oh, shit. So we rethought some of our education or some of our education trade there. But I use that as, he then, you know, was able to articulate very clearly, here's the business risk and the thing you want to do. I can't sell. Every time you take somebody offline, I can't sell. And I think what I'm trying to drive home here is that there is risk that will just be accepted and you got to be okay with it. Well, not only that, you will improve your value to the business and improve your, your abilities within your organization yeah. and your credibility if you know that already. Yes. And- you are a business partner. Yeah. They, it was the reason I brought that story up is it really drove home with me that I'm not Jim the preventer of risk. I'm Jim the business enabler. Get out of my head, Kevin Wilson. But I'm here to run alongside the business and enable them. And you know, you started it out, said it right on the right at the start, hit the nail on the head, which is okay. Just do the criticals. Find that sweet spot. What are yeah. you comfortable with? And be be frank and say, it's more risk than I like, but, you know, for one month, we should be okay. Yeah. And let's get it fixed up. But I need you, you know, maybe bring on a couple of contractors in January and get them to fix this up. You need to know the stage and the seasonality of your business to know when is the right time to, when is the right time to push into pool. And if you don't know the stage and seasonality of your business, you need to understand it. You need to go Go desk yeah. share with one of your senior leaders on the business side. Spend some time with them and spend a day in their shoes. I'll tell I, you this much. I I actually, the job I have now, I'm working for the business. I'm not in corporate security. Yeah. I'm working for the business. And I said- So you caught in the dark side. Yeah, I did. I did. And I shared this with, with someone here recently that if I ever go back to corporate security, I have- 
a view now of how to approach the business that will lead to success that otherwise wouldn't have been because I have an appreciation for for risk tolerance. And here's the other thing. I shared this with my wife actually today. Um, I said, you know, what's funny is even the most egregious risks that we have when corporate security said you must fix it and it's gone all the way to the top, we still did it because the business accepted the risk. Right. It's even in the most where the most powerful corporate security organizations exist. All business is based on risk. Yeah. And business decision rules out. And you as a cybersecurity practitioner, you as a cybersecurity leader, need to appreciate and understand that and live by that because if you don't, it's going to hurt you. You know, you've harked me back to the, the DRBCP people saying, how could they do this? Like, you're too invested. Yeah. Right? Like, you got to see this from the business perspective. You're That's too right. invested in the control perspective. Your job is to enable them. Your job is to, you know, intertwine your fingers, hold it down, and give a lift up, right? Yeah. Well, and not that Barry Vanderveer ever had a full head of steam running down Dumbass Alley, but I did see him wear his helmet and his seatbelt a few times. <laughs> a couple of times. Like, we should, you should buckle up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's right up there where that T-shirt says, uh, uh bomb disposal unit or EOD if you yeah. see me running, right, trying to keep yeah, up. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Or or when a grizzly bear attacks, you don't have to be the fastest. Just don't be the slowest. Don't be the yeah. slowest. We see, you know, we say that a lot in cybersecurity. But to be the non-slowest, you got to understand what your business is doing. And that goes all the way down to the BCP people, you know, to your to your line practitioners, to your mid-level managers, and to your senior, senior cybersecurity leaders. Spend your time, get to know the business, understand where they're coming from. Take a day. Go, you know, go, if you have retail, go work in a retail for a day. Yeah. You know, do a ride along. Go do yeah, a find call out share. Where, where the business makes its money. You know, one of the most valuable things that at your organization that I know they do is, is they do um, um, dual jacking yeah, with, dual jack. uh, with, with the customer service representatives. So you can spend a day in the life of the people that are actually there we're on the ground where the money is made. My last company used to force that annually. It's you valuable. Had to, you could not get your uh, bonus if you hadn't dual jacked with somebody for, I think it was for two hours. By the way, if you work for me ever and you are a cybersecurity professional that doesn't care about what the business does or, or is like, ah, I just, uh, I, I don't care about the business, you have a very limited career opportunity in front of you. I'll just tell. I don't think anybody ever comes in and goes, I don't care about the business. They do. I think what we see is that there's a passion on the part of cybersecurity people. It needs to be there. That, that create, but has a tendency to create a rigidity. It does. And I think there is taking a deep breath, being flexible, put yourself in the, in the business person's shoes for a minute and think about a way to get forward. And, and one of the things that might help you, your cybersecurity professional who has a problem with the business accepting risk is remember what your paycheck says. Yeah. It it's, doesn't say corporate security. It does not. It's your company logo, and you don't want to work in the most secure company in the world. No, because you're going to lose. You want to work in the most successful company in the world. There it is. Well, that's that's pretty good wrap-up, Randy. Well that's done. right. And I'll give you a little golf clap. Ah, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, James... It's always a pleasure. By the way, happy Thanksgiving and uh, out there to you. Yes. Uh, late Thanksgiving. Hope hope your your Turkey Day weekend was good, and I hope your Christmas season is good. We will uh, we will definitely have a Christmas episode coming up. 
Absolutely. Yes. Uh, Die Hard, by the way. Yes, Die Hard themed. <laughs> and a shameless plug for the CSA event. Yep, CSA event, which is coming up Thursday. So people probably won't hear about it before we publish this. You don't think so? It'll be after the fact? Well, we just published one on Monday. Yeah. He's so slow. I will it's cut like he has a day job or something. What? Oh, yeah. We're going to cut this out. <laughs> okay. Well, with that, I'm Randy Fields. I'm Jim Desmond. And you guys keep, keep leading. leading.